yeah, uh, this kind of links in a little bit to what I want to talk about today, which was was an ex- which came out of an experience last week when I was in this meeting, and um, I felt the Lord kind of before me, um, just up on the stage as I was down there, and um, I was musing on a few things. So there were, you know, talks of various conflicts in parts of the world and so forth that were going on. And I was just thinking about that in my heart. And and I felt that he did just say to me quite straight, you know, there will be war. And, um, and then he went on to say, but make sure you're in my fortress. And I felt like, um, as I started to look around the building, um, I felt like we were in a his fortress, his you know his stronghold, and that no one would be able to you know nothing could come in. Um, you know it was a strong place, um, but I became aware in my heart that you know other places um, were being breached and you know taken over and trampled on, but we were a strong place, um, and. Two scriptures, which we'll look at in more detail, um, came to mind um, in relation to this. Uh, one's in Mark 13, which we'll, we'll come to, in, you know, in a moment, um, and also in Joshua 5, which um, we'll look at a bit later. Um, so, yeah, let's let's look at Mark 13. Um, believe we're entering a time you know we're, we're a church that's you know facing the times that we're in and i believe we are entering a time that jesus is talking about in mark 13 at least the first part of it and i'm going to read from verse 3 through to 8 and it reads like this when he was sitting on the mount of olives opposite the temple peter james john and andrew asked him privately tell us when one when will this be? What will be the sign of these things about to be accomplished? So just, just to backtrack a second, um, Jesus had just come out of the temple previously and explained that the temple would be completely dismantled. And so as they're leaving from Jerusalem, going up the Mount of Olives, the disciples are wondering in their minds, you know, when is this all going to take place? Um, Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines but this is the beginning of birth pangs. So, I don't know about you, but you know, you know, I've we've all, you know, I've grown up certainly, and I, I think pretty much everyone here has grown up, you know, in peacetime Europe, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I can I can look back to, you know, I know that the First World War and Second World War, um, you know, and and many other times. You've got a an absolutely chaotic uh, time, and then what? We've had relative time of peace. 
but I think there's a general consensus amongst ourselves that, you know, we see the world starting to appear like it's a bit more, um, you know, divisions are starting to manifest a bit more. Um, you know, uh, you, you, you know, do people fairly agree with that? You know, that, you know, this, it just seems like everything is just speeding up again. Um, you know, there's conflict everywhere and so forth. But I, you know, I want to put it into context, you know, it's nothing like at the moment uh, compared to what it was like in the First or Second World War, as I, as I understand it. Um, but we are conscious that, you know, this might be leading up to something that's even more dramatic than, than what were the first two wars. Um, so what I'm trying to do is trying to say, well, look, you know, when Jesus is talking about this, this passage, you know, if you were in the Second, second World War and, and reading that passage, you would, you would really wonder, you know, where's this going to go? Um, and then we've had peacetime, and then we've got this sort of pick up again, as it were. Um, you know, the world is becoming more confusing, I would suggest. Um, you know, the pressure, and, and, and what comes with that is, you know, we're, we're like human beings, we need that kind of, you know, strength and solidarity amongst ourselves and stuff. So as the world com becomes more confusing, you know, there is that need to take sides, there's that need to say, are you a friend or a foe, you know, um, and and all within that becomes this whole thing of like, you know, many things, examples, you know, identity politics and things like that. You know, everyone needs to be, you know, in this camp or that camp and, you know, as this or that, you know, everyone's sort of battling. And, and this is all happening in the sort of, you know, essentially peacetime has sort of has been established and yet all of these things are starting to emerge um, and I would suggest that when he talks about you know nation rising against nation kingdom against kingdom um, you know so that's like ethnic national grounds you know there's division in that respect but I would suggest also that the division that we're seeing you know is you know on the grounds of things like values beliefs you know, even the generations, you know, we're, we're sliced and diced in every kind of way to, to have differences um, and to have conflict taking place. Um, I don't particularly, end, um, you know, uh, going for all of this, but, you know, I'm conscious of the whole world of social media and, and the things related to it. You know, the freedom people are able to sort of um, talk about all sorts of things and argue about all sorts of things and be quite bold in their arguments and so forth. All of this helps to intensify um, and speed up the whole sort of division process. Um, and even like the, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, people will listen to each other and, and what they want to hear and creates sort of communities of, you know, people that just want to hear what they want to hear and then can't stand the other group or something like that. All of that is working towards, you know, essentially people being divided and so forth. 
And I think that is all part of the sort of birth pang aspect that Jesus is describing is, um, you know, perhaps, you know, I always think, you know, sticks and stones bring my bones, but words will never harm me, you know. So I'm thinking, well, you know, social media and all that kind of thing, it's just words and noise, really. You could just switch it off and, you know, it doesn't exist. And in some ways, I kind of, I kind of do that. But I am conscious, you know, one thing that was I was thinking about was that actually, well, you know, people arrange demonstrations or even, you know, maybe non-peaceful demonstrations on on a social media network, get out there, and, you know, in a, in a flash, you know, you've got massive movements happening. So, you know, perhaps in my Luddite na nature of wanting to sort of, you know, say, oh, well, it's just noise and... Um, you know, it just goes away. Surely if you just flick a switch, that's it. All of that doesn't exist. I'm conscious that, you know, the world we live in today and the decisions that many millions of people have made, they are kind of wiring themselves into, into the technology and communications and, you know, making significant life choices um, as a result of, of that whole, uh, you know, world. Um, so, you know, as I said, my, my nature is really to switch it off, but that would be to not care about a large swathes of people that are choosing to do so. Um, and so, um, you know, that's a kind of thought for me. Um, but yes, I do believe it actually will be something that, you know, we see it. People will come on the streets and do and, and make movements and you know whether peaceful or not peaceful so it is coming out into the physical um, you know clearly people will look at each other and up or down are you part of my group or not and then within very short spaces of time there are they're just sort of saying well you're not part of my tribe or you are and you know that's it not able to break in, not able to have any kind of sense of, you know, even just a rational conversation or something. You, this is kind of where we're going. Um, you know, it's happening in the world at large. Um, you know, it happens on a, you know, you can say it, well, nations, you know, the lining up of nations and so forth against each other. Um, you know, it's happening in our country. Um, you know, We've made some big decisions recently. You know, we've got you know the Brexit vote down the middle. You know, media likes to likes to sort of say you know it's a civil war between two fifty you know fifty percent as it were, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, and even in the church, um, you know, we can we can we can get camped around various doctrines or. Um, you know, streams of thinking and so forth, and then we can, you know, create division amongst ourselves as a result. Um, but we need to really understand, you know, why this is happening. You know, why why would Jesus say, you know, these are the beginning of birth pangs? Um, you know, why why is it happening? Well, um, I think it's a divide and rule strategy by the enemy. So, you know, all of us were made in the image of God, and yet the enemy has got the, the ability for us to get us all 
fighting against each other. You know, that's that's a pretty um, devious tactic. And, um, you know, if you can just get all these various different sort of ideas, you know, all the, do all the sort of makeup and differences that we have, which are meant to be a celebration of, you know, being in the image of God, if you can turn those to use that to, for us to all be fighting each other, you know, and ultimately then he can then, you know, because with divide and rule, you get people fighting against each other and then you balance, balance the powers out and then you become, you come in and say, I'm the answer. And so if you have, if you have that kind of strategy in place, you know, the enemy then just needs to have someone that becomes the answer to the divide and rule that he's enacted. So we need to be the um, counterfeit to it. And, um, you know, we, we are called to be priests of, 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 of the Most High. You know, we need, to be, um, we need to be stepping out of wherever we've come from. So we, we can identify with all the world's differences because we're all different as well. And we all, you know, we're all, um, you know, come from different histories, different families, different, you know, um, places and beliefs and all that kind of thing. So we all come out of the world. So we identify with our fellow brothers and sisters, yet we are to be, made, you know, to be separated and be priests. So therefore, we never, we're not fighting on our little camps that we did before in terms of like flesh and blood, but we're to put those aside and to, and, to, and to be priests of God and to be peacemaking, you know, to counter out that kind of, um, you know, division. So I want us to look at the, um, the next uh, passage, which is in Joshua chapter 5. just forgotten where Joshua is. It's after Deuteronomy. Um, so I'm going to read from um, 13 onwards. So I just want to give a bit of background. So Joshua, um, after, after the death of Moses, Joshua is, is uh, mandated to take the Israelites um, into the land of Canaan. Um, which had been promised to them as 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 their um, a land um, to basically live and you know grow and and to live off you know up to now they've been living off the the the, the manna from heaven that came down uh, for them and be feeding them um, and Joshua is, has just now taken them back from the Jordan from you know path from the east into the west again, um, and they are coming up towards Jericho to take basically the first uh, city um, in the conquest of Canaan. And, um, you know, you can imagine that the backdrop of, of the land of Canaan is many different um, peoples, uh, you know, all, you know, a patchwork of peoples kind of each having their own interest in land, their own land. They've got their own beliefs. They've got their own, um, you know, 
historical infighting against each other and they're fighting, fighting for land and so forth. And, um, you know, in the midst of this, you've got the Israelites with this promise coming into that whole setting. Um, and Joshua is just being obedient to the Lord. He's, um, he's being guided to go down to Jericho and, and we pick up from uh, 5.13 and it says... Once when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you one of us or one of our adversaries? He replied, Neither, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. And he said to him, what do you command your servant, my Lord? The commander of the army of the Lord said to Joshua, Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Uh, this man goes on to explain to Joshua exactly how to take Jericho. Um, and um, that's described in the next chapter. Um, but I w what I want to first of all just kind of point out is, is essentially, um, you know, this, the commander of the army's answer to Joshua when, um, you know, Joshua says to him, are you kind of friend or foe? And he says, neither. Um, but he, this is who I am, you know, the commander of the army. And... Um, You know, he's to, this commander is saying, you know, they've got the Ark of the Covenant and they have all the promise. They've had all the promises, and yet this commander is coming to coming to and saying, neither am I for you or against you, but I am the commander of the Lord, um, commander of the um, Lord's armies. What I think is going on here is is that Israel or the Israelites at that time, you know, sometimes they're obedient and sometimes they're not obedient. And um, they were obedient in the case of Jericho. They weren't obedient in the first attempt of the, of the conquest to Ai, uh, which was a town afterwards, a much smaller town than, uh, than Jericho. And, um, and they went up without the Lord's counsel and they got a beating, basically. And uh, they repented of that, and, um, and then they, you know, they consulted the Lord again. Um, you get a story you know, um, where there's a, a guy called Achan who has some gods that are stored in his um, tent that were, that were um, hidden away when, as booty from the... Um, conquest of of Jericho um, and basically you have a s situation where that needs to be removed before they can have successful conquest of another town and consistently as you go through jo Joshua and Judges you know Israel has varying degrees of success or lack of it um, uh, when they go out to fight 
their enemies. And so um, I think this relates to when the commander of the, the army just says, you know, I'm neither for you or against you in his initial response to Joshua is because it's not about him getting in line behind Israel and all that they want to do. It's about them getting in line behind by, by the, uh, the, arm, the, um, the army, the commander of the army of the Lord. And so this is, this is something that we need to be conscious of, is that with all the infighting and all the vision, all the increasing, you know, that's going on in the world, we need to know what we're lining up with. And um, we need to be a people that line up with the command of the army of the Lord. And then as uh, the world sees us, we need to be like that, that commander, as it were. So when people say, are you friend or foe? In many cases, we are neither. Yeah? We are neither to many, to many of the infighting. And you know, we as Christians, we should never be. We should. We never should be associated or identified with some movement or, or um, uh, you know, political persuasion or anything. We're outside those things. We are. Um, this will be to the much of the annoyance of them, of our our fellow people because they will want us to be, you know, this or that, but we're not. We can only be identified with with Jesus, and um, you know we're not like a you know. I don't really want to be describing certain movements and stuff because it will, but. You know, we're not like a, you know, a, a zealous group within a particular political movement or something like that. We, we, can, see the right, we can see righteous elements in varying op opposing political movements, for example. And we, it's our job to then speak out and pull out the righteousness out of, out of those things. But we need to be careful in our, in our alliances. We need to be careful in you know, where, how we identify ourselves. You know, our identity is in Jesus and Jesus alone, not, you know, we support this. You know, the idea that we are a Christian this or a Christian that, you know, where you put some sort of, um, yeah, you attach some movement to your, you know, Christian belief, and you, you know, you, and you, so that you, you comprom you're compromising the Christian you're com compromising your identity with Jesus by, you know, permanently making an alliance with a particular faction. You know, we live in the West, you know, we sort of think in terms of, like, freedom, democracy, these things. Um, you know, we think in, you know, human rights. You know, many of these things are virtuous. And you can create a fortress or a stronghold around them and say... These are, you know, above everything. But at some point or another, they they will have a sh there'll be a shaking, and at some point these things might crumble down, and then 
are you in that are you in that particular fortress or are you in the fortress Jesus's fortress and that's the thing and I know, I know it's really for you know it's a really annoying because it's less tan it feels less tangible to be you know I'm I'm just going to hold myself to Jesus and that's it you know when the world is just wanting you to say oh well you want to be part of this group or that group and you know and if any any sense of hint that you're not necessarily wholeheartedly in this or that you know you then feel estranged but this is this is part of you know the christian walk is that you know we can't compromise in any way we can't um water down uh, we need to be sort of like this angel you know that comes and just says you know i'm neither i'm 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 just here taking the orders from the lord and and you need to get behind me um so that's the kind of the strength that we need to get to um Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that we should never um, support things or anything. You know, you know, we should be voting. We should support things, but we need to we need to be very clear that we are identifying the righteous element. The reason why we we support this or that is because of this righteous thing, but we don't hold, fully take on everything that this, however good it might be, you know, this movement or that movement. We don't take it on and defend all of its, you know, unrighteous elements or just things that are not founded on the right, you know, on God. Because, you know, the other aspect of the whole thing about wars and rumors of wars, you know, the, the, the enemy's divide and rule tactic, but it's also the Lord shaking the nations. And as things get shaken, you, you want to hold on to, you want to hold on to some sure things. And, you know, and that's where people then try and hold on, you know, try and hold on to whatever they can. And that create, you know, that creates conflict. Um, you know, if people have different ideas of what to hold on to as the shaking happens. Um, and, you know, again, are you friend or foe? You know, can we trust you? That sort of thing. Um and again, you know, we are priests priest of the God. And, and so, you know, the other aspect of being a priest of God is that we are separate. You know, if you think about it again in Joshua's time, um, you know, the, the priestly tribe, the Levites, they did, have, they did not have any inheritance of land. You know, so the land was divided up amongst the other tribes, but the priests, you know, would then live in in the other tribal, um, uh, you know, um, allotments of land um, and, and basically, you know, administer to them and, you know, bring the Lord to them. Um, and, you know, we, we need to be conscious of that as well, that we don't have the same, you know, as a result of being Christians and being for the Lord, we don't have necessarily the same we have a different set of priorities going on. You know what I mean? We're not. We our our job is to be sort of bringing the the Lord to to the world, 
um, rather than concerning ourselves with a particular patch of land and and fighting about it, if you know what I mean. We need to be saying, well, there's another there's another great land that's worth fighting for overall, and that's coming very soon. And so that's our priestly function, um, rather than getting caught up in say unnecessary um, uh, battles on you know on earthly territory, as it were. Um, so I want to bring the uh, two things together as a sort of you know a few sort of concluding notes, which is that. Uh, you know, understand that the things are hotting up, as it were. You know, so if this is just the start, you know, if wars, if lots of wars do start breaking out in many regions and stuff, you know, sometimes it, it's sometimes the case that, you know, there isn't a good, this doesn't, it's, there isn't always a good case of a good guy and a bad guy in wars. You know, it might not even be the case of, it might be, they both ha might have good causes on either side and bad causes on either side. You know, as a result of, um, you know, historical sins on both sides and historical things like that, this is why conflicts happen. You know, quite often the media will start, will like to be able to think in terms of, you know, there's a good guy and a bad guy. And, um, and that, that helps us as people just make sense of things but n things are never as simple as that and so as things happen and stuff we need to be careful that we're just you know not caught up in necessarily taking sides i think there are play i think there are times when you actually do see you know here's an evil tyrant and here's a good cause and i think there are places for that you know second world war is a very clear example you know it's not ambiguous is you know the west you know that good and was hitler as bad as he was and all that kind of you know there can be some very clear things but in many conflicts and many things that happen you know that it it's not as simple as just saying well it's good and bad even if media might portray it that way um you know so understand things are hopping up you know again you know people will be seeking for your alliance, seeking your, um, you know, are you a friend or foe? And any any slight hint that you're kind of, well, you know, I'm for you on that, but I'm not on that, and that's the terms that we can give, they won't like that particularly. You know, particularly, you know, folk that are l less reasonable, they won't like that, and, you know, there'll be a bit of distrust and stuff. But, you know, you need to be able to stand firm in just saying, well, this is, this is what we can... This is what I can do and I can't do. You know, I'm the Lord's and not anyone else's. Um, and the other thing is, we need to, as I sort of touched upon before, you know, we need to be able to put aside the differences that are amongst us. So, you know, we need to be, we're a glorious example as, as various groups fight each other left, right, and center um, everywhere else. The church needs to be that place where you know those very groups fighting each other are brothers and sisters in arms in this place we need to demonstrate to the world that hang on a moment look can you not see the enemy making making 
those who are made in the image of God fight against each other mindlessly. And yet, look, look what happens when they come to know their maker and come to worship their maker in unity. They can see, um, uh, they can see the, the divisions amongst us being turned into a celebration of, of, uh, of, of, of our differences. Um, and to reinforce that, um, I just want to read John 17, uh, 20 to 21. So this is uh, Jesus after he'd um, been talking with the disciples um, uh, at the um, Last Supper. He then goes on to pray um, for for them. And there's a wonderful bit in it where he says, I'm not, I ask not only on behalf of these, as in his disciples that he's just been talking to, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And this is the thing. We need to, we need to really show up the world, as it were, in saying, well, you know, you guys are all fighting, you know, for these reasons or that. And yet in our unity, and because of our unity, we can reveal the why we are unified. And that is because of him, Jesus. And I just want to, just going back a couple of, um, how are we doing? Ooh. Richard, I might be finishing quite soon. <laughs> um, and because of... Um, yeah, just a little bit earlier. So in chap in fifteen, chapter fifteen, John fifteen, eighteen to twenty one. I just want to kind of just say, you know, we need to be the Lord's, and we need to be identified with the Lord and the Lord only. I just want to read this as well, and it says, "If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world." The world would love you as its own. Because you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. Servants are no greater than their master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they also kept my word, they will keep yours also. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. So this is the thing, you know, persecution, you know, dying dying for, we should be only, only for the name of Jesus. There are many things that we could find ourselves getting tangled up in. But I would suggest that they might be unnecessary and unwise to be getting tangled up in. Whilst standing for Jesus and being persecuted because for his name only. Fine, okay. But I suggest for nothing else, especially as this world gets more and more tricky, we need to be wise. We need to be, um, uh, you know, careful that we don't 
you know, go down a path that we don't need to. We we stick to we stick to the main path of of representing Jesus, and um, and if it does mean that we suffer as a result of standing for Him, fine. But for nothing else, we should not really be needing to do it for anything else. So bless you guys. <laughs>